0: Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay. And Brad. Wait. Wait, I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm an uh, act. All right. We're That's live. broken water ski. Hey, We're live. do you guys miss Jay saying, do it live? Do it live. <laughs> it's been a few episodes since we've done that. And I was doing it every time. Nope. Well, we are back for another episode. Doing it live. Doing it live. We're going to get deep into our Asti Attic. We got Xander coming in for Asti the Attic. The big X. We're going to talk about relapse. Yes, we are. It's a heavy topic, but it's necessary heavy, to talk necessary. about it. Necessary. I think it's uh, timely after the holidays. Mm hmm um it, it we tend to see a little more increase of that so but let's just get into the news we're gonna skip over churchy stuff news i want to get into some drug what is news this you got pulled up here i want to know the teen vaping trend what parents need to know i was just in utah yes vape stores everywhere well they're blowing up there now yeah like it's like vape stores dollar st- like uh, borrow like title loan stores State Street, just wherever you go, any State town. Street is a pawn any, shop. Any town, vape Any town, town yeah. any main street. Like we went to a few small towns. It's you got a vape shop, and you got uh, cash che- and <laughs> ca- yeah, 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 checks. Cash, yeah, cash yeah. checks. But vaping's big everywhere. Uh, when we went and did youth conference, uh, we've done a few like yeah. youth groups. Yeah. They always come bring up vaping. Always bring up And it's the young, cute, young, little 12-year-old kids. Because it's not as dirty as a cigarette. Right. Like it just they doesn't come off. They sincerely want name. to know. They're, like, yeah. It kind of blew my mind that first time when you, we had a 12-year-old little girl raise her hand. Hey, I just want to know what you
1: guys think about vaping. You, what you don't understand is on Instagram, If you, th- this is a huge thing right now. Like Back in the day, um, make sure you lock that. Back in the day, um, when we watch movies, like the cool guy in the movie is smoking a cigarette, right? Mm-hmm. Like the cigarette, the hero, of the movie, whatever. Right. But now, for these kids, it's Instagram and social media. If you go to, like, sometimes I'm just in the wormhole of Instagram, and I'm all over there just looking at the home pages. It kind of fascinates. It's like ultimate people watching. Like, I mean, I'm, I look at these famous rappers now that are these kids with tattoos all over their face and stuff like that. And I, I'm watching it not because I'm interested, because it blows my mind that these people are now the famous people. Yeah. Like, and there's they have, like, millions of children yeah. at their... At their grasp and they're grasping they're all vaping
0: I think it's the train it's the car crashment thing it's like you don't want to look at it but everyone slows down and looks at it oh yeah yeah no matter what like no they're matter- telling you go by and you may complain yeah. like traffic's slow oh yeah but as soon as you get there you're slowing down and yeah. looking. yeah human nature um, so um so what is va- va- what is vaping to you because oh. I think a lot of my I'm my, my birthday today right don't yeah. say how old I am my birthday today. <laughs> you just censored me. I almost said it out loud. You've been saying it too much. a my birthday today. I
2: hey, we weren't going
0: to censor this podcast. Oh, yeah. There's Xander in the house. You can see how old I am. Okay, 107. Okay. So 47. 107 years ago, there was not vaping. Mm-hmm. But I think when I speak to my peers at my age, it's just like, oh, it's fruity or it's nicotine. And I go, no, it's not. It could be all sorts of things. It's whatever. It's many, many things. So what is your definition of vaping? And then I'm gonna read on Partnership for Drug Fee Kids what the their definition is. I've been sucked into the vaping myself before um, a couple Have you? different times. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Um, and like uh, you vaped. Yeah, yeah. When I first got sober. Okay. Um, and
0: uh, what did you vape? Uh, that was nicotine and flavoring. Okay, so when you uh, you mentioned before on the podcast how you like, right when you uh As soon I relapsed. got home, I, w- went and, I, w- I went and bought an e-cigarette first. I hadn't even smoked a cigarette in a while. Okay,
1: why, why an e-cigarette, not a regular I, always, I, I, I guess I had done it a couple times when I was up in Utah when we were still together because they don't have the smell, right? Okay. Like a cigarette. You hide it. Don't get me wrong. I w to I smoke a cigarette because in high school, that was like my go-to when I was stressed or whatever, and just as a, like an addiction. Um, but I would kicked that once I joined the church. I had done it a few times when I had relapsed. But um, I remember going like, dude, I'm in a home, like, when you're in an LDS family, like, you're going to smell smoking. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so strong. There's no way. Yeah, you can't. You can wash yourself. your hands a thousand times, and yeah. that smell will be on there for 24 hours, Dude, yeah. There's no and way. Your your and your clothes. Your clothes. Yeah, anything. right? So, and then you can't say, oh, well, I was over here. They, That's where the smoke smell is coming, because no one smokes when you're at LDS Business College, right? Yeah. So, and that's where, I, <laughs> that's where I was all day when we were first married. So, I remember, like, having a case of, like, I was like, you know, I couldn't get my prescription filled, and I was I was freaking out, you know what I mean? I'm starting to freak out. I remember just like, I want to go drink, but that's not gonna work, right? Because I'm gonna be I'm gonna get sloshed, and then mm-hmm. now I'm caught. But I'm like, man, maybe I go get a vape, you know, a vape cigarette pen or whatever, and those just the throwaway ones and I went and I did it and it did give you the nicotine high. Like there's a nicotine buzz that I hadn't felt in a while, and it didn't smell like anything. The ones you just buy in the store usually are just in the grocery store I mean in the gas station, just it's, it's, it's tobacco just pure nicotine, nicotine. No it's pure nicotine. That's all it is. Nicotine. But then it went from that. Then once we separated, just shortly after I bought that first one, um, I went right to the vape store and I saw the whole culture, and they're like, "Yeah, you could do," you know, because I was smoking, you know, and it got sucked right into it. I'm like, "Oh, this is healthier. This is not gonna be as bad." I just felt like I always needed something, and that was gonna be my something. And but then it, it's kind of crazy with with vapes. It's not like a cigarette where you have to pull one out of a pack. You have to get your it's lighter, light right. it, and it's all burnt. And then you don't want to look like a crazy person, light one off the other, they call that, right? Um, chain smoking, that's what they yeah. call. But with a vape, you just keep hitting it. You yeah. can keep going. And there's so like you're
0: that huge, they call them, what, the jewel? Even when this they, The yeah. huge <sighs> box, like you see people with these huge, like yeah. that fits in their whole hand, like a big thing. It's like a thing
1: now. Like it's yeah. like a cool social thing. But um, what I was getting at is... You can do it all the time and it becomes very addicting because it's just like an instant bing. Like you just pull it out, boom, you blow the smoke, it disappears. There's no that smell. In fact, sometimes it smells
0: amazing. Yeah, right? some it tastes smell good. And, um, so, and you can get THC yeah. and, and CBD. So that's what they want to point in here is that although nicotine is highly addictive, clearly you, we know how addicting nicotine is by when you see people that stink have a hold in their throat. Or they put the metal thing. Super nice. good kid When I was a young kid in church, I remember why I never thought smoking. He was a member of our church, but he had to couldn't talk, you but he had to thing. put this thing, talk like, talk like a robot at church. And I remember just going, whoa, mom, dad, how'd he get... You know, I'm a little kid, and, and he would be, like, he was flat out, like, I smoked all the time. Yeah, throat cancer. Yeah, throat yeah. cancer. Um, so so this is obviously safer than that, obviously, but kind nic- of the other nicotine yeah, is so addictive. Like, I mean, we talked all the time, like, it's as hard, if not harder than any hard drug to stop. The truth campaigns that are out right now, that are talking about vaping mm-hmm. um, in the tobacco
1: sense, not just with, like, uh, marijuana in it, but... They're saying that, like, first of all, they don't fo- we don't fully really know. Like, studies have to be funded first before yeah. they can happen, and that's to, m- to know how dangerous yes, the long term effects are. That you know, those truth commercials, they're in the process of finding out that, you know, a lot of the molecules when it's being turned into it's water, right, and mm-hmm. it's vaping and and whatever the technical words are, but um, it can be just as detrimental to your tissues. I mean, dude, we're talking about living tissue in your throat. When I used to smoke, I had really bad. It's kind of why I have probably a raspier voice yeah, as I get older and my sinus problems and stuff like that. The same thing's going to be with these kids. It's just may, maybe it even has a worse effect. We don't even know yet. We don't know,
0: but I think one thing is important is it's not just smelly. I think it's, it's easier. It's just another drop. So let's put this drop in. Let's do this drop. Let's try this. Let's try this. They have them for vitamins now, like right. I get the Instagram thing on my vitamin C or yeah D or vitamin or uh, vitamin pens. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking
1: I'm like well, dude if that's a quicker way to get the vitamin that's better because we know by taking the pill it like, has to go through your liver and all yeah. this stuff sometimes you get compelled it's like the good better best that's what I was thinking mm-hmm. about I told you that I used vapes before and, um, and I tried things that I thought were going to be a healthier version of something or other and it was going to get it to work better when reality is it's good better best and after I listened to your talk on that podcast I decided to put away certain things because it's not it may
0: be good but it's not better and it's not best well, thank you um, so this recommends if you think your son or daughter is vaping or spouse, take a deep breath, set yourself to success by creating a safe, open, comfortable space to start talking about it. I talk about it all with my kids. Say, take a deep breath. I <laughs> know. It's, ah. it's <laughs> unintended. <laughs> yeah. But my kids are fascinated. My young kids, they're um, like fascinated. They the know modern the term. Culture. It is. They're if, intrigued. If we went on homepage, I could show you like, dude,
1: these. They have vaping. They have Instagram accounts for vaping.
0: Yeah. And kids like. And they're blowing the circles and all that stuff. So it's very attractive. Counterfeit ways, man. Yeah. Um, next thing I want to talk about, that I think uh, you've spoken very passionately about this. Um, this was in the journal Sentinel. Ooh, this is a big one for uh, me. It says, abuse of ADHD drugs follow path of opiates. Ugh. So let me read a little bit of this and get your reaction. And, and Xander, go ahead and chime in on this. Uh, Xander's back here. If you're a listener of the cast, you know him. Public health officials have focused on the national plague of narcotic painkillers, but another scourge is looming largely unnoticed. The drugs used to treat attention deficit hyperactivity disorders in adults. Since 2013, there has been more than 19,000 reports of complications from ADHD drugs, most of which are stimulants like Adderall made to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel today. Of these, adults were far more likely than children to suffer severe complications such as death and hospitalization. Meanwhile, among those 26 and older, recreational use of Adderall and amphetamine rose fourfold from 345,000 people in 2006 to 1.4 million in 2014. In emergency departments around the country, the number of cases involving two common ADHD drugs nearly quadrupled over seven years. And morgues in Florida, a bellwether state for drug abuse problems, overdose deaths involved amphetamines increased more than 450 450 percent between 08 and 2014. Taken together, the data show, yeah, just in Lower little order, um which has been heavily promoted by the pharmaceutical industries, have left a trail of misuse, addiction, death, a journal uh, investigate found. And then 28. Uh, 20- 20 essays. been part of mainstream medicine over the past decade, fueled by relaxed standards for diagnosis and a push from drug companies, one which helped fund a study that claimed one in 23 American adults are affected by it. That represents 10 million people. So, 10 million customers in their mind, probably. Whoa. Um, and then uh, they link it to opiate addiction.
1: What do you know? That's my story. Is that a
0: shocker to you, Jay? Nope. Um, That's kind of so like your story when you got that kid. So in. I can
1: speak up on this. Obviously, I have spoke up before, but, like, I really feel like I can speak passion about it because I was actually at a young age, way before drugs were really in my life, like, probably around the same time I maybe smoked my first cigarette or whatever. Around seventh grade, I would fall, obviously, behind and, and for a lot of reasons. and. Um, one of the doc, you know, one of the teachers, of course, at that time, back in two thousand ninety nine, eight ninety eight, that was when the pills were really being pushed for kids. This is where they were switching it over from the adults, and I mean, Ritalin, amfetim- Ritalin, Ritalin was Ritalin. huge. Adderall, Ritalin was, was, like the, was like the was like the first one, but yeah. then when it got a bad rap, just like any company, they change their name and rebrand it, right? And they go back out there and they sell it, and um, and uh, Ritalin had started to get a bad rap. People were abusing it and stuff. They hadn't come out with time release ones, so they were just the pill that you could get. And, um, anyways, I remember being – I really did have a hard time focusing. I really did have a hard time um, whatever, but – You still
0: do, Jay. Still do. But <laughs> it's what's
1: crazy is like yeah. later in life being prescribed it or, or not prescribed it or abusing it, I mean, what I'm getting at first of, when I took the pills, even when I was younger, it just changed me. I remember at a young age even being a, like a, someone who was looking for my head change, right, with marijuana and alcohol and other things in junior high, I didn't like the way that one did it. And that's interesting because they thought – you know, I think nowadays we just want to give someone a pill and call it good, you know, and that's going to fix my kid because it's, it's it, or, or myself or whatever. But when I got older in life, now fast forward, so I stopped taking it. I only took it for about a year, half a year, and I said, Mom, I'm done. Like, I don't care. I didn't care about school anyway, so why are you giving this to me? Like, it's not. I'm, no matter what, I'm not doing my homework. Yeah. I don't care. Now fast forward to two, 24 years old, just got married, going into LDS Business College. The fear of going into school and remembering how bad I used to suck at it and not being in that atmosphere was overwhelming. And I remember, you know, being just paranoid by failure, that like a failure was gonna happen because it had been a part of my life for so long. And then I get in there to school and. Whoa, you know, college full credits, 20-something units, you know, like I had this plan, I was going to get it done when I should have just crawled once again instead of trying to run before I knew how to walk.
2: Or crawl before
1: you ball, Jay. Yeah, crawl before you ball, baby. I tried, to, I tried to ball before I crawled, and sure enough, I, Adderall. I, on Ad, and I ended up oh, on Adderall, yeah. boom, that was good, that's why you're here today. Freestyle. Freestyle. <laughs> I ended up on Adderall, and you know how quickly it was? All I had to do was go, man... I had a buddy who was a drug addict. He wasn't LDS, but he had just finished and got his economics degree, um, you know, a really nice college and, and paid a lot of money to get that. And he said, dude, you, I promise you 80% of those kids in there that are straight A's are on Adderall. Sure. Like everyone, yeah, he's like, dude, just go to your, just talk to someone of the kids and see what doctor he gets it from. They'll prescribe it. So boom, what do I do? I go to online, I research. And I found the shadiest looking kid <laughs> <laughs> who, interesting enough, is now sober and runs a recovery home and has a business. He's you kept in touch prosperous. with that guy? Uh, yeah, on Facebook. Really? Yeah, I won't say his name, but.
0: Does he listen to our podcast? And no, or Maybe, her, maybe. He, he just videos?
1: celebrated, like, starting a new recovery center. Um, <laughs> I hope he's sober. But, uh, um, anyways, uh, I, I saw him and I'm like, he didn't look shady, but he just looked like me. He didn't look like cookie cutter Mormon. He's a cool guy. He's awesome. And. Uh, I could tell he was older.
2: super good looking. So he's,
1: yeah, not as good looking as me, but he's pretty good looking. He had a couple hair out of place. Yeah, a couple hair out of place. But uh, I just remember thinking, like, he was one of those guys that, like, was, when we were, he was learn he wanted to learn because he knew it was going to better his life and income. So he wasn't just doing it because his mommy told him to be there. And I'm like, this guy's got to know. And I just said, hey, have you ever taken Adderall? He looked at me like all crazy, and I'll never forget the eyes. He's like, why do you say that you know like why, why would you think i'm an arrow i'm like no dude i just i don't know i just you look like my age everything these are freaking children in here 18 year olds like i don't know he's like well yeah come here let me tell you what i did and he's like all you got to do is go down to the byu doctor which is down in provo at byu center because yeah. that's where your insurance is lds business college in salt lake go down there tell them that you're prescribed it as a kid and you've already had the test and they don't need to test you and say that you're, you're you just started school and tell them the whole thing See, play up the fact that you're a return missionary just play the part tell them ask them for a script we want what you want to do is ask for the smallest amount possible first. You know, milligram wise, five milligrams, or whatever it is. Ten, is yeah, or ten, whatever it was. And he said, and the reason why is because then you can go back and say 20, right away. It didn't work, and then you'll get you have a full bottle of that, and get twenty and thirty, and then all of a sudden he's like, within four weeks you can have like seven months worth of supply. And I was like, what was that purpose? So you kidding? Like, so why? you, can, so you, because it all works. It's just yeah, you it's made
2: lower doses. You got to take I more understand. of them, but, but now you was, have more what supply. What was his
0: motive? Do you think was he it? wanted me to give
1: him some? Oh, okay. So he wanted you to hook him up with yeah. some more. Yeah, okay. for, hooking, for hooking me up. So I okay. go down there and do it like clockwork. Walk in, didn't take no tests. I mean, yeah, sure. I clicked the, you know, when you fill in any doctor, do yeah. you have this symptom? You have problem focusing. Yeah, do you, have, the, do you, yeah, have, you have this? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, we all drink, you know, high fructose corn syrup and all those other things. And so, of course, I have a problem with time. <laughs> Taking a turn. Uh, aspartame and things like this, right? But, anyways, <laughs> those things. Oh, so, anyway, so I did that. And here, here you go. Yeah, they're really bad for you. Um, I'll tell you a book to read about it, too. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm always plugging books, man. I just got to write my own. But uh so within here's the crazy part so I got on I did that thing and dude it worked right off the bat I'm telling you bro I am taking an accounting class which is the most arguably one of the most boring classes you could take business accounting 101 is intense it's like a foreign language you're yeah, learning how to problem language dude and it's Spreadsheets. intense and yeah I'm, remember I'm a high school I'm someone yeah. who failed since fourth grade I was pushed forward and uh and then dropped out at 16 and now I'm in this class fast forward 24 years old and I was like, oh, my gosh, but I took that Adderall, and I loved it. And I could study all night long. It made my intensity that I already have as a person and to succeed, it didn't. It made it so I didn't want to stop. I'd go through my entire week's worth of homework and work in, in one night, and I wouldn't sleep. And I'd do it the next day, and, of course, it kept working. But then I noticed, this is just my story, how it led to pa- painkillers. Um, I noticed I started having a tick in my shoulder and in my neck because what was I doing all day, dude? I was like... In a book. Tense, I, I became though. Lexi was off doing hair. We didn't have a lot of friends. We didn't know anyone in Utah. So, dude, I just took school like, to another level on this stuff, and I felt like I could fly. And they gave me some, you know, like a Vivans which was a slow time relax, and it worked really well. It really did, dude. And I, I really didn't think it was an abusive thing at the beginning. I felt like dude, this is great. This is what's going to lead me to be successful. Um, I didn't seek anything else until I had that tick, that shoulder pain. And then that shoulder pain stopped going away and went up into my neck. And uh, then all of a sudden, I noticed my my vision being blurry, all right, for the first time in my all life. All side effects. All side effects that I didn't know until later, yeah, that too. And uh, my, I remember, like, so I had to go get glasses. I actually had to get prescription glasses because, you know, um, and... Uh, I, I just, I was crazy. And then here's what I'm getting at. So, obviously, it led to getting on prescription drugs because they couldn't figure out it, MRI, nothing was wrong with my op- neck. But the pain o- was just. Inset- it just opened that
0: door for It you? opened the
1: door to pharmaceuticals again. But what I'm getting at, this is why I ended up getting off of it, even though I kept on my pharmaceutical run after that on opiates. Um, I had like this ex- crazy experience. When we were first married, me and Lexi, we were really trying to do the right thing always. And um, even though we weren't perfect, but I was really trying to live a gospel life at that point. Um, we were driving home um, to California, so that's a long ten-hour drive. I was on the Vans, and I remember just you know talking a hundred miles an hour about some topic that Lexi did not care about. I mean, it was politics or whatever it was. And um, I was listening to a uh, conference talk at that time. And it was Elder Uchtdorf, and I don't remember what he's talking about, but it's was, it was kind of like the good, better, best. And it was it was something along the lines of, you know, all you got to do is make these small decisions can change a giant, you know, course. You know, like his airplane analogy, and he was saying stuff like that, and. I remember thinking when I got to California, I mean, first of all, I drove all night and didn't even sleep and kept, you know, so it was definitely not healthy. But on the way back, I felt so prompted. And I remember looking at Lexi, it was like, there was like a, there was like, literally like a voice in my head, like when I joined the church to say like, you need to get off this stuff or you're going to, it's going to be your destruction.
0: You've had a few of those life changing
1: yeah. spirit promptings. like Yeah. And, uh, this dude, down. I had to actually detoxed from it. I had to go to my. So, first of all, I told her I think I was going to do this. This is middle of semester. First semester, I'm getting straight A's. First time in my life I've ever seen an A on anything in my <laughs> life. In my life.
2: And you have an A in the middle of your name.
1: Yeah. And, that's, and I didn't even <laughs> you see that. It wrong. Because <laughs> you I wasn't it on Adderall, I couldn't notice yeah. it was there. Yeah. I just skipped right over to the Y. I went back <laughs> to the J, which is the best letter anyway. So, I just, uh, <laughs> just kidding. It's crazy. So, I do that. But, you know, by then, the ticks didn't go away. The pain in my neck. Huh. And I I firmly believe it was a side effect from that, and I think it was because I knew what I was doing, right? I didn't get on it legitimately. I went in there and I played the doctor the right way this kid told me to do, and before you know it, I was on opiates, and um, seven years later, my wife left me, which we know the story there. But um, in that process, here's the irony of addiction and addicts. I wrote a paper on a book called uh, Delivered from Distraction, and it was was about this doctor who cured himself and his sons and now cures all these people that... Were diagnosed with ADD, ADHD by their diets, exercise, and fatty acids, and things like this that are people don't want to do that time of work.
0: Uh, uh, why is society so like? The, how do we get sold on this? There's this pill that's going to make whatever we're looking for better. Look at who the influencers beside our society. I'm reading this book it's right now. Have you Napoleon Hill? Right, you know who he is. Mm-hmm. Right, uh,
1: Think and Grow Rich. Yes, one of yes the greatest yes. books. Right, Outwitting the Devil. That's so what it's called. And he had an interview, quote-unquote, with the devil. And he's, I'm in the part now where the devil's saying how he influences and what he's going to do. And it's. this is one of them is that that notion that things happen quickly. Like anything mm-hmm. good happens quickly. Like real, realistically, we can all sit here and name a thousand different things from all sorts of stuff. Learning to do a sport, surfing, mm-hmm. whatever it is. That, and none
0: of it happens in a... And, and you're not denying that people have ADHD or ADD, right? No. Uh, yeah, I mean, my, I mean, I have a little different opinion. Yes, page. you well, are. Well, you for,
1: for me personally, I mean, just because I was clinically diagnosed, I also, if you go on any page, I have all those symptoms. Yeah. I'm crazy, right? I'm all over the place. But I believe that those are side effects like you've talked about before. In fact, your analogy is we're in a fallen state, right? So we're all have, just like me and Xander suffer from still chronic pain, even though like, you know what I mean? We didn't, we don't want it. We're not choosing to have it. It's just some, for whatever reason, we have more inflammation. We have whatever, you know, with what's going on in our life with my headaches. But after I read that book and I, I did that, I, I I do think people are definitely born differently. That's why some so, person so, can have a drink of
0: alcohol and put yeah. it
1: down. And some people, so, are, some people are
0: born with a much longer attention span and some with a lot. Exactly.
1: Shorter. So there's a lot okay. more work that in my opinion is that if you, yes, those things could be real, but I believe that, um, I mean, I know that there's people that can take, I'm not saying that people who take them abuse them. That's not what I'm saying. So I don't want to mess that up. Like if you're on Adderall, and you're on Vyvanse
0: and it's working for you and you're not abusing you to take it, that's all good. For if, sure. If you're if you're offended by that, maybe uh, my opinion is maybe just check like why are you feeling yeah why are so you be offended because like you shouldn't
1: be offended like if I'm yeah. taking something for like a rare blood disease whatever no one's going to get offended when someone says you shouldn't be on RX you're like dude right. I would be dead if without this one pill right yeah. if I'm type A insulin sometimes whatever sometimes an you know? overreaction
0: so is a sign is a sign because uh, is there what's the scripture guilty take it the truth be hard so sometimes when man, I you fired sometimes that when That's uh, good. when Something hits me to the core, and I'm like, "What? I yeah, have to check, check myself. Like go, a why am I? Why am I so offended? But why is that taking it so personal?" Yes. On the, on the
2: flip side, though, just to chime in, I had a, a very similar experience with Jay, but I don't even want to talk about my experience. But an experience of, I'll just call them a friend, who's been, on, who was put on, uh, ADD medication when they were very young, like, like, like 12 years old, young, mm-hmm. and this person's now. Uh, you know, in their forties and they've been on it consistently the whole, their, the whole time. Mm-hmm. And all, 30 plus I, years yeah, all I can tell you um, is this person's very close to me. I love this person a lot and it has absolute and I, and I would, I would actually go to bat for this person and defend the fact that they're actually not an addict. They're not an addict the way that I'm an addict. They don't, their prescription lasts them the whole month. They mm-hmm. don't go out to the streets. They don't go to multiple doctors they might be taking a high dose, but that they they stay have stayed on that dose for decades, and well, and but the, the the reality is it doesn't really matter their life. I can tell you for a surety is eff- has been affected so greatly by being on those drugs. Positively for that, or negatively? Negatively. Oh, okay. Absolutely. And this person, there's there's obviously it's more complex, but all I can s- say is you can look at at this person directly into the face and see that. They do you I stop or we're going a little long on this? Yeah, oh but okay. Go ahead. But that that you can look at this person and you can see the effects that Adderall has had on them, mm-hmm. like the same way meth has had on somebody. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. I, it, I, it's, identical. It, it is. It's, it's is. It is it's amphetamine. Amphetamine. No, 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 I know. I, I know. I, but but I I, you, I think a lot of times you think, oh, a doctor's prescribing it. It's for my ADD or for this, that it's not going to affect me the way that me- No, no, no. This person, when you look at this person... It looks like they're it doing... It looks like it. And they have... Physically affected and, and, and they actually are, are... They blame people who put them on it because... Mm-hmm. You know, they were just an innocent twelve year old. Yeah. But the reality is is that you can't just put blame on somebody else. You gotta take you gotta take control of your life and change it now. Whatever you can do now. Some
1: people can go positive with it. Like we, I've known people in our meetings before that have come um, locally that um, Use it to get through law school and get really successful in their lawyer practice. Very common in law school. It's common in every college yeah, right now. But hey, But especially in law school, I mean, expected to stay up and study eighty hours a week, mm-hmm. and it, it served its purpose for years. They built a ho- entire successful mm-hmm. pro- until all of a sudden one day, just like it happened with me. I'll never forget waking up and taking my same dose of IVANs which is not you can't abuse it, can't store it, can't shoot it. Um, it you just take it, and you have to. It didn't work. Like, even at a really high dosage, all of a sudden, and even at middle dosage, and going up a dosage didn't help. And I started to get, it was, <laughs> it was talk about distracted. It was the mm-hmm. most ADD I've ever been in my life when I would take the pill. And it's still like that to this day. It, it, like, all of a sudden, it was just like opiates mm-hmm. or alcohol. All of a sudden, one day I just took it and it didn't work it the turns way it, on you. it just it turns. On you. And by the time it turns, you're, you're, you're already in the thrones of it, even if it's been a few months, because that's all it takes for your brain to be re- rewired and have to well
0: room, you so. look at any I me- see why you I look Lee, at yeah. any medication the list of side effects are gnarly like you go to the commercials and we get blasted on any turn on any TV and there's some pill advertised on it but then, totally. then the complications are like are, are way
1: worse. Gnarly. And, and, and then
2: you take a narcotic and, and, and take that yeah. to the 10th power. Yeah,
1: yeah that's what a narcotic, because that's a legitimate narcotic, dopamine yeah. you know, release in your brain.
0: So I think general, so I see why they put that article so, out. So news they, article like, is... There's, it's, you need to be careful. Like, you you got to be careful, yeah. Be to,
1: the, the reason why we like this podcast, I love this, doing this so much, is because some people don't realize... I didn't realize how gnarly that was really going to be. When I realized it was an amphetamine, of course, then I realized that I could abuse it, you know. And it was just like meth and... It works until it doesn't work. But some people, like you were saying of this person, you love Xander, maybe they're halfway through it and they're starting to notice signs. They may have never even heard that it's the same thing as meth. Reality is like no, totally. some people don't, you know, they just totally. trust the doctor. They don't pay attention to the drug week on, you know, on I'll, the TV. I'll, I'll,
0: I'll flip it around. Um, my personal, my uh, one of my children, a young ADD, and when you're a young, like middle schooler, you feel like really dumb, like I'm an idiot. You felt that way. I felt right? like that my whole life. Um, Still do. And it was a it was an emotional lifesaver for her because she realized, oh, I'm not dumb. I just have attention deficit, and like realizing that was a big life changing yeah. moment.
2: So, but as a parent, though, right? Because I'm curious. She, she,
0: she went on medication. No, Hate
2: no, Yeah. Ahead. So, I guess my question for it is. Well, I mean, go, it's too ask personal. it. Wait, uh, what's the game plan? What's the because g- because what I see is kids they get on it to get through school and yeah. that stuff, but then they realize when they try to stop, which the plan is, oh, I'm gonna get my degree and then I'm gonna stop, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then they go get a job and they realize, hey, I can't work. Hey, I have just as I have yeah. actually now I have more things depending on me because now it's not a bad grade, now it's my livelihood, yeah. and they try to stop it and they can't because the longer you have on it they're dependent on taking it so that that's my only question is and what kind of jay was saying is is there are other ways to treat it so Mm -hmm. what's what would be like your game plan
0: uh i don't have well my game plan is my for any medication is adjust diet and exercise first yep because those are very i mean those are drugs we put in our body food absolutely um and so that that would be the first thing and just like I, I, my philosophy is like high blood pressure medication. You should adjust all these things first, but if it's beginning to where it's affecting. Absolutely. Then maybe consider medication. I'm and not at the anti. Small spaces, if so, anybody will
2: tell you, I'm not anti-medication. Yeah, that,
0: that's that's my philosophy yeah, and yeah, thoughts yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I think it needs to be monitored honestly and openly. Like, do you need it? Do you not? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so
2: that's I remember that. it was
1: really scary, I remember, so I see why it would lead to other things, because it led to anxiety, which then I got on Xanax and Valium and stuff like that, because, you know, you're taking an upper 24-7, and that's intense. And uh, eventually you start, you, you know, you need You gotta it, come down. You gotta come down. You gotta
2: freaking come but down. But then when you come yeah, down yeah. off
1: of a narcotic... You need a narcotic. You need a <laughs> narcotic to balance it out, and they're, they're ready. That doctor's waiting. You know, those yeah. psychiatrists can't wait for someone to come in there and go, hey, man, I'm feeling this side effect from this. They don't say, okay, well, let's take you off that. They go, oh, no, don't worry. I got
0: you I another pill one here $2. for $2. Here. I was waiting for you to come in.
1: And um, by the way, when you get a side effect from that one, I got another well, one here. the
0: amount of, yeah, I don't know. I, I, think, I think everyone can agree we're overprescribed as a country. Absolutely. So when you ask that? me
1: your original question to go back in a roundabout way, is this shocking yeah. they wrote this? It's no.
0: following the path of opiates, and, and there's being more and more addictions and more and more deaths because of it. The more that we listen to narcotics you, right? to
1: solve our problems, the more that statistic will climb. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, let's end news. Um a powerful. You deal. know what? I want to end with one more thing, Jay. Yeah. That my hair looks uh, amazing today. I hope it I know. does, man. Um, thank, you. thank you. I hope this is okay with you. I should have got approval from you before. But hey, uh, thank you for all your donations for the podcast. Yeah. And if you out there work in the auto dealership, do you want to share what you do and maybe they can hit you up?
1: Yeah, if you're listening. Um, in so the I, United States, probably, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I work for um, a marketing company here out of San Clemente. We're nationwide. Um, Kennedy Marketing Group, we specialize in, in driving in-market buyers to your dealership. And um, if you have any questions or thoughts, you can, um, for your marketing, it could be for anything, banking, it could be schooling, it could be in finance, you could be in real estate, but you're trying to drive traffic to your webpage or to, you know. To your phones. To your phones or, or wherever your, it is. Or to your place of business, right? Place of business of any sort. You can reach out to me at J.
0: Just name? Go, to go to the podcast, either, either our Instagram or Facebook, any of those contacts. If you're Instagram, Facebook, our web page, and just direct and, and give us your contact information, and Jay and will reach out, out to you, you personally. Absolutely. absolutely, give you a podcast special. Boom, there you go. Well, that's how you can help support it. Uh, and if I you want to order a surfboard, oh, you call you can call LB, LBS, baby. L- Logan Bradley Surfboards on Instagram. If you're Brad, Graham, Brad's I, one of the best
1: shape Dude, he's taken my chefs I've quoted this. He's quoted me. Taking my, what did I say, 50%, 70%? You I, use some number. Yeah, I, I used some crazy number statistic, like as if that was going to make it sound better. <laughs> but reality is Brad shapes a wicked surfboard, and uh, that was the cheesiest line I've ever heard. But it's really wicked. true. They're he wicked. Will, they're wicked, bro.
0: No, nah, but if you want a custom-shaped surfboard, uh, you go to our other th- accounts. and Go to Logan Bradley Surfboards and uh, hit me up, and I'll see if I can shape you a surfboard. Uh, Let's get into your share for step five and then uh, ask the attic with Xander. I got lots of questions about relapse. Step five is actually with a gentleman named Marvin who has been on the podcast before. Enjoy Marvin's share step five.
3: Uh, Step five. It's um, it's one of the hardest steps, I think. You know, I mean, everyone like comes to step four and they're like, oh, no, step four. I got to write all this crap down about my life that I did bad and. You know, that step four is, like, super easy because you don't have to share it with anyone, right? Like, you can get all that stuff on paper, but then, like, you got to share it. and that, that, for me, was the scary part because, for me, that, you know, that I needed trust. I needed to trust another person. I couldn't even trust myself. I couldn't trust myself with a paycheck to not go and get drugs, right? How am I supposed to trust another human being with the most intimate details about my life and the stuff that I did bad, right? It's one of the hardest decisions I had to make. And um, after I made it, it was it was like easy sailing, right? Because once you can confess your sins, you forget about them. Those things that have like a, str- a stranglehold on you are preventing you from living the life that you want to live are holding you back. There's a saying, like in AA, it says, you're only as sick as your secrets, and once you share those secrets, you're no longer held back by them. And for me, that, that was the case. Um, you know, I have a lot of trauma in my past. I was molested as a child, and, and a lot of other things to go along with that, right? And the neighborhood I grew up in, you know, I was a poor white kid in a black neighborhood. And so that was really tough. Um, so I had a lot of stuff to tell people, tell my sponsor, tell the bishop. But once I made that decision that I was going to do it because I really wanted to change my life, it was super easy. Um, <clears throat> I was I was thinking about like all the steps and like starting at step one, and ultimately, like it takes faith. When you when you boil it all down, it takes. Faith on your part that you're gonna, you believe that you're going to share this information and that you can be saved by the, the atonement of Jesus Christ, right? I'm going to give this to God and I'm going to walk away and everything's going to be okay once I do. And um, doing all the steps in order, it, you know, it doesn't even have to be like, oh, I want to do this. It's like, I'd like to do this, but I can't. Even like a, a mustard seed of faith can help you start that change. I mean, we're all in here for one reason or another. Family or addiction affects one in two families in, in the world. Everyone knows someone who's an addict or has an alcoholic problem or pornography problem, or you know, addiction knows no bounds and no limits on its effects to families. There's a study in Hawaii that was done, um, I don't know what the study was, but when they introduced like pornography on the on Hawaii, crime increased. And and then when they took it away, crime like went down. Not saying that there's a direct like relationship between crime and pornography, but certainly, you know, if people are doing evil things, which pornography is certainly evil, you know, you're gonna get evil in return. Um I'm grateful for these steps that are laid out in and the opportunity that we have to confess because confession shouldn't be something we're scared of it should be a blessing that we welcome if you're in here and you're suffering from addiction you need to take a look inside and, and look at what's bothering most what's, what's preventing you from living the life that you want to live what's stopping you You know. is it confessing? I don't know Taking step five is a huge step in your recovery. It's like like Brad said, it's an action step. And to do any kind of action requires some kind of faith. Um, I came here prepared to share like step two. (laughs) So I prepared for that, but I got step five. And you know what? Step five is okay too. But if you're not on step five, start at step one. Because it's baby steps, right? You don't want to, you know, jump ahead and go to step 12 if you can't do step one. I'm grateful for the people in this room, the people that continually come back and share their stories, their experience, their strength, and their hope with me because it gives me hope. I invite you to share your testimonies and your experiences with everyone in this room. Because without you, you could be telling someone's story, you know? I woke up out of a blackout on Christmas Eve, and I had unwrapped all the presents, the house was flooded, the pictures were on the wall, pillows were ripped open, all because of drugs. If that can save someone's life, then you bet I'm going to share it. There's other stories in here. They quit doing pornography, and they got their wife back. You know, they quit using drugs. They got, their life got back together. I guarantee you, if you take these steps as they're indicated, your life will be better. All it requires is a little bit of faith and a little bit of hope and trust in the Lord that through his atonement, you can recover. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
1: Malcolm Moore and he talked first of all I listened to Malcolm Moore's uh, other side which is about opiate addiction specifically that first two months when Lexi left me on a repeat Eminem the relapse CD where he talks of, or recovery. recovery sorry relapse is what relapse I listened is to when chill. I was on drugs or <laughs> <laughs> uh, recovery and uh, anyways that song is specifically about how he was a big inspiration, wrote Other Side, which is this amazing song about recovery and his actual telling people about his addiction and how he followed Lil Wayne and the culture of drugs. Yeah. And it got him to a place where it wasn't working for him. And so he'd been an inspiration to me and a bunch of people, but he relapsed. Mm. This is after being famous. And famous, fam- famous for being in recovery. in and a rapper, right? Which we know about. He came and sang yeah. here at local Aliso High School, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then when he went to the Music Awards a few years back, he wrote this other song about his relapse. And mm-hmm. that was the first time he played it about starting over. And that... Basically, his his line in there is like, if he can be an example of getting sober to someone, he can also be an example to someone for starting over. Boom. Oh,
0: oh, so, so that's what we're gonna talk so about today. I, I got a lot of questions on relapse. Heavy talk. We um, got Xander in the studio. It's it's a hope that it never happens, right? Absolutely. And but a, it be, but it's you, a, right? but it's a reality yeah. that it does it does happen. Yes. And the statistics I, I looked before I, I decided not to pull them up because this I don't know if they're accurate because they. Yeah. They're based upon you know getting sobriety and rehab, and, but we all know that if you're not getting honest, if you don't want to get sober, you're not yeah. going to get sober. And so there's there's Very no depressing. there's no there's no machine one. you can hook up to say how honest are you, how serious do you want to get sober? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. those
1: statistics are based upon not really knowing the whole facts right about the individual. Um, but I hate that part. Just so you know, you were talking on the subject right off the bat. How we said in the beginning, it's a you hear in AA and you hear in the culture that well, it's a part of the it's a part of the program. Yeah, I hear that. Is but it like? It is. There's no way around it, right? Would you agree, Zander? It's what? Around, what that about? relapse is a part of? It's just like it's part of this. Well, it doesn't thing. have
2: to be a part of your story. There we go.
1: That's the, okay. I like that part. So what does that
2: mean? How's that different? Well, so, uh, but so break it's, down that saying. We hear that
1: all the time. What
2: Where? it means, what they're saying is, is that, is that this isn't a success only journey, Ooh. and that's that's important to know that if you've relapsed, that's a part of a lot of people's stories in recovery part of my story, you know, 10, see, 12, see. 15 times. But but I also know L- people L- who got it right the first time and didn't have to go through a relapse in order to to, to get recovery and stay in recovery.
0: So I'd like to get, what are what's your definition of a relapse, Xander?
2: What's my definition of a relapse?
0: Yeah. Is there an official AANA sobriety definition or...
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're using drugs or alcohol in a way, well, I mean, to get, to get high or to get drunk, uh, alcohol for Alcoholics Anonymous, it's real cut and dry, right? You're yeah, not, getting, no you're not prescription getting, you're not getting, you not getting prescribed alcohol. So it's not like, Oh, drink one beer every hour, every four hours, you know? Yeah. So, so for alcohol, it's really simple. For drugs, if you're going to be taking narcotics or something after surgery, you need to be doing it under a direction of a sponsor or, you know, obviously things happen. People get sick. Surgeries happen. And so there's a good chance that sometime in recovery, you're going to have to take some medication that could be, you could relapse on. And the reality is, is that if you try to do it on your own, there's a good chance you're going to. So when it comes to prescriptions, I think it, there's a little bit. There's some gray area. Yeah, there's maybe? some gray area. And, but, but that's why you do it under a direction of a sponsor. In, and he'll
1: help you filter that gray area. So yeah. my, my definition, you yes, asked the question yeah. about relapse. I think in order to actually, quote, unquote, relapse, you have to actually be sober, right, for a certain yeah. length of so, time. So sober hear,
0: or in recovery. Because I hear a lot of people,
1: like my sponsors included, but, um, and myself, and, uh, it, like, oh, I keep, I tr- I keep, I keep relapsing. Well, like, dude, if you if you haven't really gone thirty days without you're doing something, you're still just in the cycle of the addiction. Okay, in my opinion. So, do it's you like, agree
0: with that, Xander? Uh,
2: not necessarily. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: So, I mean, uh, that's why I said there's and, no clear. And, and is that
0: is that probably a determination between you and your sponsor to determine whether that's uh, yeah? Because I'm talking you're... specifically with like sexual, but I would think too like a
1: sexual like, I think addiction. If... You know, like if you're not really getting time, but I would say the same thing. Like if a kid comes in here right to our meeting and he says, yeah. Hey, Xander, I want you to be my sponsor. Yeah. I'm ready to do the steps. But every three days he texts you, he's like, Oh, man, I relapsed again. I relapsed again. And it's like, I get what he's saying. It's just, we're talking about semantics. I see, I see, I but you see, what 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 I, mean? I like, see what
2: you're saying. I think, but I think if somebody has 20 days. That's a relapse. Then that's the relapse. 20 days. So, okay. so that, that's but, what, but if, if it's every every day, like every day. couple days. um, you're just still in your addiction. They're still in their addiction. Yeah, so you ne- you never idea. left your addiction, but okay, so I don't I'm think not. the number 30 days, I don't, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think there's like a number <laughs> I of, oh, that. once you get to seven days, then it's a relapse. Okay. Yeah. I think if you've actually left your addiction yes. for a period of time and attended recovery meetings and then returned to your addiction, that is a relapse.
0: And, and what I, I hear from you like saying that. that makes a lot of sense is, Determining it on your own it seems silly. You would this this terminology would be determined with your sponsor. We're too good at manipulating
1: and justifying Just it, I guess on your own, like, right? Like to it, yourself. Me and Xander are like some of the most insanely amazing justifiers back in our disease and stuff, and we still can be even sober with certain things, and so. Even just playing things off of each other is like, whoa! I just have to throw it out there because we I call know each other out all the, the time. Like that, mm-hmm. like, like five years, it's been nonstop. Like, like all we
2: do is call each other out, and, and sometimes we leave the conversation pissed off at each other. Yeah. Sometimes we leave the conversation not wanting to talk to each other. But in the end, like the the, the other party told us what we needed to hear.
1: Yeah, not what we wanted to hear. So,
0: uh,
2: so it is so, a part so, of so, recovery. So, if
1: I'm in
0: if I'm in, if in recovery dream. for a certain period of time, whatever, and I relapse or I'm concerned, I am. What would be your what What should be my first step? Wait,
2: you concerned you what? You concerned you relapse? Let's or you relapse. Uh,
0: let's do some black and whites. Okay. Ready? Alcohol in the church, it makes it pretty easy, too, right? Yeah, like if you break the law of chastity, you drink or smoke or or whatever, like you're you've gone, you've you've done it, you've yeah, crossed the line, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, again, different from maybe I've so strained got- together 48 hours, that may not be your name, you may not have sobriety yet. Yeah, but if you string together some time. And then I smoke, I drink, take take a pill, excessive uh, what the prescription or without yeah, yeah, my sponsor, yeah. or or pornography use, uh, self harm, whatever like that. Call my sponsor right away. Absolutely.
1: Call my bishop
2: right away. No, go straight to your sponsor. Bishop doesn't know. Him.
1: And the challenge is usually that's where that's where the where that's where it turn it can turn ugly. Is people like when we do that, especially if you've had long extensive time, imagine you know you could feel shame and you you know. That's where your disease wants to keep you is isolated, right, from other people mm-hmm. that are willing to like be honest with you enough to tell you out, you, right?
0: You want to isolate away from people who to give yeah, you yeah. Your straight
1: first talk. reaction, I mean, maybe most people's reaction. the natural man. The, the natural neck. man, I promise you, is not like go go show everyone how you screwed up. Like yeah. no one wants to do that. Yeah. But um, you can just like it says in the scripture, you'll know someone's willingness to repent by their actions, right? Coming mm-hmm. in here and have broken heart, contrary spirit. Same thing is with recovery. Like, if someone calls me right away and is like, I'm sponsoring them, and they're like, dude, I messed up, it's not going to really take it away from it being a relapse or a slip or whatever. It just means that, like, dude, it shows a real intent. Like, this person called me within the first couple days or that day.
0: That's and ideally, they would call, we hear right it a away. lot, like, before I even do, like... Well, the whole point is like to pick up the I'm phone. Like, I'm calling right. before I get to the point yeah. of picking up. Yeah. Absolutely. Obviously. But the, the,
1: the relapse part is, uh, I guess it's a part... Like, I love the way Xander said that in the beginning. It's like, it... It's a part of the, it can be, a, what did you say? It can be a part well, of the dream, but it doesn't it, have to be a part of your story. Your story.
2: It's, it's definitely a part of recovery. There, there, there's there's no, no way around there's it. There's no way around that, right? But it doesn't have to be a part of your individual story. You don't have to to, to relapse to join this club of, re, re, of because recovery. Because you've had a good hard So, so, heart. so, so desire, if I've got
0: six months or a year, I shouldn't be thinking, I'm going to relapse one of these days. I'm no, I mean, that, I'll be days. honest. I, some I, people I did that. I right? did
2: that, you okay. know. You think, you like, like, dude, I'll even be honest, even this last week, like I turned thirty, which I I never thought that I'd do. I things, like I mean, I I, I get scared just even talking about things are going good, right?
0: You're okay. we enough going life experience yeah. to tell us and, that, and
2: you know that when things are going good, something is probably looming around the corner. That's horrible thinking to think that way. I, I think that way. Yeah, yeah, But, but
0: it's logical. But especially ostrich. as an
2: addict in, in recovery, in right, it's like that can throw you, and especially early on you think, okay, hold on, like, I'm actually starting to get through the steps. I'm starting to get some time. I'm starting to feel good. And in AA, they use this term of a pink cloud, right? You're in this pink cloud, and you're like, oh, well, does that mean that, that I have to fall from this pink cloud and I'm going to relapse? And so, like, Anyways, I, I actually, this might sound stupid, but it's something I talked about. When I kept calling my sponsor, like, I'm worried I'm going to relapse. I'm worried I'm going to relapse. He told me, he, and this worked for me, maybe it doesn't work for everybody, but he says, Xander, I have my relapse planned out to the T.
4: Hmm.
2: And I thought, like, wait, what? You're my sponsor. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> and he says, no, it's not, because my relapse is super gnarly, and if anything gets offered to me that falls short of what this relapse is, the answer is going to be no. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah. So what he's not to me. Okay. What he's saying is, is that basically for him to read, I can't go into details because it's yeah. like an LDS like, podcast. Like, like the, like,
0: the drug or whatever the the activity that would. It has to go played. this
2: way, and it's got to be at this place with these people doing this, and and that's the only way that I'll ever relapse.
0: So, okay. So it's like the. Uh,
2: I'm not gonna sell some, short if some, Brad pulls some, a Vicodin out his pocket. Some
0: couples joke about, you know, Brad Pitt uh, approaches me. What's that called? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, I uh, think that, what you're that,
0: is that kind of thing? Yeah. Like if 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 Mick Jagger shows up. Well, what in this he's joint saying is like, it, hey, Brad. What he's saying
1: is is if we're we're both opiate acts, that'd be like you pulling out and saying, hey, look, it, I only got two Vicodin. Yeah. Me and Xander, going, I and not that.
2: Ain't we're even not gonna, gonna be
1: a temptation because me it. and Xander, t- one Vicodin each is like we're, we're going to kill each other for the two, but that's still <laughs> yeah. like you know, we're not gonna share, yeah, first yeah. of all, yeah. but then also at the same point, like Jay, I you better
2: like, not do that, but leave the, room. Yeah, but leave
1: the <laughs> room. It's not gonna be worth it because those two Vicodin are not gonna. We've been at a place where it's way darker okay. than that, so what we're saying it's like it's not even a temptation because it's like, dude, that won't even get me anywhere I need to be. And I think that's what the guy was trying to say. Yeah,
2: maybe sponsoring. that's too gnarly of a, a thing to say, but uh, it, the bottom line. Whatever is, that
1: worked for you, it worked for me. You. It
2: worked for me. So, so I, ha- I had my relapse planned out, and I had other things that came up. But maybe I was in a house and I saw a pill bottle here, and I was like, no, nope, that's not how I relapse. Yeah. And I just kept saying that, nope, <laughs> that's not how I relapse. Mine's gonna be a lot harder then,
1: than those little pills. Yeah, and then so
2: sooner or later, like I got through enough temptations because that wasn't how I went. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to say that that now like. I don't think about my. I couldn't even tell you what my plan. Uh, of relapse I want to speak on
1: that. You said something that re- reminded me when we were, when I was new in the program. James and and uh, we've had on the podcast before would say Episode you know when you're 112. new. One twelve. Yep. Hey, you got that down, Brad. So good. Um, you could tell who does all the work. Who does all the work. Um, he used to say um, when I was new in recovery. He's like, um, when you get when you get sobriety. Um, you, you, you realize that your, your whole life in your addiction, you were so comfortable being uncomfortable that when you finally get comfortable, it feels like it's uncomfortable because you don't, know, you don't know how to feel that way. And I'll tell you, that was the most honest thing I'd ever heard. I'd never put it put that way, right? Listen, you're so comfortable being uncomfortable that when you get comfortable, you're not comfortable. When you say that, it's like a mind game. But really, no, it's like when I first got sober... My life repaired itself pretty rapidly. Like within three, four months, my wife was back. We're living together now. But then all of a sudden, like, I was just like, whoa, I'm sober. My wife, we're having a kid, a second kid. I don't have a job. And all of a sudden, I was like, there was no chaos. I was living, a, I was with my in law, I was with my aunt, and uncle. It was peaceful. There was no chaos. And I was like,
0: and that felt started weird. shaking. Yeah, like, uncle. you
1: know, I got, a, I got this job offer, this thing. And I was like, Dude, it was like I wasn't – you start to – you know, you feel so uncomfortable being – you know, there wasn't chaos. we were addicted to the chaos. Did you you ever relapse? Um, Well, not in the sense of coming to ARP, but I did. There were many times that I tried to quit on my own where I did get a significant amount of time, five weeks, six weeks. From your – okay. So first time time it happened, it was 2012. We were out selling um, for an alarm company, and uh, I was – that was like the height of my addiction. I'd probably been on drugs now for four or five months. And I just remember telling Lexi, like, hey, if I could just get through this summer, we can make this kind of money, and then I'll stop. Right? Like, kind of like we talked <laughs> about just with the Adderall. Get through school. If I could just get through school. Well, I was like, for man, if I get through the summer, we'll have money, and then we'll be fine. I'll, I'll detox. We'll do whatever because I'm gonna make all this money. Well, halfway through the summer, yeah, I made a lot of money, but I also was now stealing. I mean, my habit sped up so quickly that I stole from every house I was in, and uh, which is pretty crazy to think about. But. Um, Statue Limitations are up. Yeah, Statue Limitations up. This is so many years ago. If it's not, we're <laughs> going to edit that crap right out of here. But here's the reality is, is that... Yeah, we got to edit that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we
1: don't know where you were. Um, and so uh, what I was getting at is that... Lexi said, "I want to divorce halfway through the summer." and Said we're going home, so I split. And I, I really had every intention, like I had like a wake up moment. But
0: you weren't in a pre recovery. You weren't doing. I wasn't doing steps. No,
1: but I was like, dude, I want to do this. You I wanted, to, I get wanted to. We moved home. I looked at her parents in the eyes. I looked her in the eyes. I'm like, I'm done. And five prescriptions at that time, I was abusing. And I'm like, I'm done. And I did. And I detoxed twelve days. And I threw up for twelve days. I hallucinated. I saw the devil and looked at him in the eyes. And he was like, "I got you. You know, you're never getting out of this." And but I was like, whatever. And I went through that whole process, got clean, feelings started happening again. Uncomfortable being comfortable now. Didn't know what to do. We go back off to it, back to Utah for school. And that's that would, And they started boom, beginning
0: of the podcast with that.
1: Yeah, and then boom. Though know, the second time I went to school, but the point is, is I would get a few weeks, and then I go, well, now what? Remember, didn't have recovery, didn't have the meeting, didn't have the steps, didn't have a sponsor. I didn't even know about this. So you call that white knuckling, don't you? Yeah, it was white knuckling. So yeah, I had the length of sobriety. I think I made it four or five weeks, which is huge. Yeah. Uh, but I was freaking. That's, that's
0: huge without working a
1: program. That's yeah. From what I
0: know now, what I've Absolutely. seen. But then, but what
1: I, what I happened is what I'm getting at is then I got back on them quickly and then it kept getting harder and harder. There was like three, four more of those where I'd go four okay. months hardcore. Lexi would say I want enough. I try to get off, and each one of those there was like that four, works, and were really bad until she didn't come back. She's like, I don't really want it, right? And then yeah, that's where I was that's at my Fork and railroad Road, where I was like, Tanner, I was like, this doesn't have to be a part of your story. You can, you know. You could still have her anyways but so once i started coming to my first meeting that i don't know I, I to be honest i don't lay claim to anything because reality is like i feel like uh my recovery f- story from arp um was more it's more protect i don't know what it was i didn't do the work in the beginning i shouldn't have gotten sober i shouldn't have i really shouldn't have i went once a week to the one meeting i talked to xander a lot so my head was in the game as far as like trying to learn a new way of thinking, because I was in such a like Xander's the only one Xander that knows is Xander, because I could call him all the time with all this chaos, mm-hmm. and he would just he'd knock you down. He, yeah, he was getting funny because he's getting it from his sponsor, and it's like we were I was being sponsored through a sponsor, you know, like you know but right. That's how it I mean works, that's what yeah. it, how it works. And and it started to work, but like it got to a point just like anything else, it wasn't enough. But then I had to do the steps, of course. But uh, yeah, anyways, that was my story, and you know, knock on wood, it stays that way. So.
0: Uh, a couple questions that have when the
1: but I've been on narcotic sense that's a good question to talk about because it uh, I've been on narcotic sense three times for uh, uh, three different uh, two sinus infections and one for just recently when I had that, f- that that flu that was gnarly it took me out for like eight days enter came and gave me a blessing and all three times, I did what I was told, which back in the day... And by the way, my mind told me not to. I don't care how long sobriety I had. The first time I was in my first two years, second one was in my third or fourth year, and this last one was in my fifth year. just got my fifth year chip, my five year chip. And I'm grateful that I have people in my life that tell me what, you know, hey, that's cool, you're going to have this, because I remember remember that one guy I came to the meeting at surgery, and I remember his story, mm-hmm. he said he called a sponsor first, and I talked talk to your people, so I put it out there each time, and it was a blessing because I only had to take it a couple of days for my pain of whatever I was going through, and then we flushed the rest, or, you know. Did, did you tell amazing. your doctor you're an opiate addict? Um, that was one thing, I, I, I said what I would say, I probably should have been more clear, but I said, like, I can't have anything har- harder than Tylenol with Coding, because once again, it was like Xander said, it's That's like a Skittle, you know what I'm saying? But even with a long-term sobriety, it's still not a Skittle anymore. Like, it becomes like a... I felt it both times. Like, you know what I mean? And I believe that the only reason why I didn't go off the rails after that is because... It's about the behavior,
2: man. Exactly. The intention. But even the intention, like, can be pure. Mm -hmm. The intention Mm -hmm. can be good, but the behavior can still be bad. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like, like I've relapsed a bunch of times. Like, a bunch of times before my 12-12-12 date. And every, I can say like, I remember one of the first times I relapsed, I had about 90 days. I was in AA. I wasn't in the steps, but I was in AA probably going to a meeting. What do you mean? I
0: wasn't in the steps. You weren't working them.
2: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I I was just going to meetings, right. Just trying to be part of the group. And, and I, I mean, I was going to like a meeting a day legit. Okay. And, uh, which then, is a lot of
1: work. I mean, just yeah, yeah. that alone is
2: absolutely. And me and, t- and calling a sponsor every day. I just I just was lollygagging, uh, uh, and getting work. in the steps, get outside of means, and then uh, something so stupid. We were literally at institute, right, playing kissing rugby, which is just like a stupid institute activity, <laughs> and I ruptured my Achilles tendon, and my calf. You could see my Achilles tendon in my calf, oh. and. Here I was like in a bunch of pain and incredibly justified in taking painkillers. But the second – I didn't call my sponsor before I went and and saw a doctor. I didn't talk to my sponsor about taking – so the second that stuff hit my bloodstream, Mm -hmm. it was on it was on and i was back within within probably a few days i was back at my shady doctor getting getting big scripts and, and that story that exact same thing not with my Achilles tendon but but punching somebody and breaking my fist or breaking my wrist or that i've had so many legit stupid injuries in recovery that have taken me out and every single time as i'm sitting in the doctor's office waiting to be seen I'm as justified in my head. I could sell it to anybody Mm -hmm. that I'm justified, and I bought it myself. But at the end of the day, and this is what I finally learned, is once you you get the treatment and you get the pills, all you're left with, then your justification, it doesn't matter. You're back on pills. Mm
4: -hmm. How you got back on pills
2: doesn't matter. matter. You're back on pills, and you're running. And so that's the part where like sooner or later I realized, and then – I remember this vividly. I, w- I was going out to school in Hawaii. Jay and I were about to pick our two up our two-year chip. I came back in beginning of December to work our Christmas tree lot. And our, des- our me and Jay's sobriety dates December 12th. On like December 5th, I broke my foot, my left foot. And um, right. I remember right. going to the doctor, getting the x-ray. And this is the first time it's... And I hadn't taken narcotics in two years. I hadn't taken opiates in two years. And I remember my doctor... The, the doctor at the urgent care saying, you know, what would you like for pain? And I was like, wait, 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 wait what? I was like, funny, that's always find that so funny when I'm they asked me.
0: I'm like, I don't know, you're something special, yeah, something that well, doesn't hurt. Well, like it I, but to
2: always, an I always, heard, to I always it. heard those things happen to people. It just never happened to me. We'd have to like, I was pay a bunch of money uh, like, to get yeah, someone to I say Yeah, I was that. like, you know, figuring out a way to calm him. So this is the first time he asked me, and I said, Oh, you know what? I'm good. Like I just let's put it in a cast. I got myself a little, like, scooter cart. I forgot about that on the like, break, Yep, yep. And, yeah, break. Yeah. Uh. and uh, I rolled into that meeting in San Clemente, and everybody probably thought, like, I relapsed and was coming up with this excuse why I relapsed, and I picked up my two-year chip. And ever since then, there's these injuries and these things that were my justification to use and to relapse – like they don't uh, take you out. I they don't take me out now because I've been able to take the power out of those. Because life's things. still gonna happen. Like, yeah. dude,
1: you're not you're not gonna get sober. It's just like a, a young couple coming in here for pornography, right? And it's the male or the female or whatever. You're still gonna be around. Like, um, there's gonna be. You're, it's like we talked about before. is still gonna be in your face. Yeah. You can even if you get off social media, you could be anywhere and boom. Get a flip phone. Out. It's Re- still
2: gonna. It's reality gonna be is like you're. Yeah, you're not gonna
1: stop from life yeah. showing up. And so, but what Xander's saying is. Once again, it goes back to step one with honesty, like you, you you, can over, like, dude, I remember the first time, I, the same thing, that science infection, I was scared to death because, dude, it was like a three-day migraine headache and it was just so excruciating. And I went and talked to my sponsor, talked to my support group, talked to my wife, got him. And then the minute I took the two, later that night, um, 2015, I remember, like, it was yesterday, it was in October, um, because I was scared, I was really scared. Even though I'd done those things, I'm like, dude, you know, part of me didn't want to take it, but part of me, like, didn't want this pain anymore. And then I remember taking it, and later that night, <clears throat> I remember feeling. Uh, me and Lexi both woke up in the middle of the night, and for me, I mean, for me, we woke up in the middle of the night, and I said, I just felt like uh, the spirit had whispered to me and Lexi that like we need to get those things out of our house. It was good; it took away my headache, and you better believe I maybe I would have justified taking another one, you know, because you get a rebound headache, of course, right? And, yeah. um But I just remember waking up in dead sleep, two o'clock. Hey, Lexi, are you awake? She goes, Yeah. I mean, you know, my wife's asleep at eight o'clock and doesn't wake up till the morning and you know, until the kids cry. And, uh, do we just looked at each other and she's like, Do you feel what I feel? And then we, like, said, we, like, finished each other's sentence. It was kind of a spiritual yeah, but see, experience. That,
2: that, that it is a spiritual experience, but because you were, were honest, you yeah. were honest with your wife. Your wife knew about it. So we were relapses up. happen. And I just, no one's talking about Yeah. Rel- like, true yes. relapse happens. Which, you know, it, you hear guys come in the room and, oh, I relapsed on this or I relapsed on that. Like, no, no, their wife didn't know about it. Yeah, yeah. Sponsor their didn't. sponsor didn't know about it. If you sometimes I had surgery last the, this last year in February, and I had to take opiates. And I had to take them for, like, I think I was on them for three or four weeks. And uh, it sucked. Hmm. A head full recovery while taking opiates is literally the worst thing ever. But there was never a time when... Everyone around me didn't know what was going on.
0: But you'd opened up.
2: Because I opened up. If and I wanted, was going to meetings every single week, two meetings so, a week.
0: So that, that's the prevention so of it. So in
2: my, in my opinion, life's going to show up, but you just have to, you you, you there's no secrets. You can't have any Kay.
0: secrets. So, so you can be so open up to be more accountable. W- w- let's talk about someone who has relapsed. Maybe they're in a phase because around the holiday time is a time where a lot of people relapse. Yeah. What? What's the first thing to do? Like they're in a phase of relapse right now.
2: First off, I can't tell you how many people I know and Jay knows that relapse, and they don't have an opportunity to come back.
0: Okay, they so I mean, Meaning they're dead.
2: They're dead. So, and and I shared this tonight in the meeting. This this thing is life and death. When you get down to this, it's life and death. I, I the, all the politics and this, and it doesn't really matter. It comes down to. If you have an opportunity and you relapsed and you're still breathing and you have an opportunity to come back, welcome freaking back. But take that opportunity because I promise you, you're not going to just continually to have, uh, you know, sh- change up pitches thrown your way. Sooner or later, man, it's going to knock you straight out. And so the answer is, is if you relapse, get right back in pick up where you started start back at step 1 and, and let's rock and roll
0: and you say and you go to a meeting you get on to the meeting and say yeah hey, relapse the best thing take a first newcomer chip you,
2: you, anybody myself anybody who's relapsed you have this sense of incomprehensible demoralization you feel you feel horrible because you know what you're supposed to do and then you did the opposite you didn't call your sponsor you know you, you went down this path that you've not you've been treated for you you're in recovery for and so you just feel like so much shame and guilt. And the reality is, is that's Satan who wants to keep you there so that you stay there. Yeah. But if you come out of that darkness and say, hey, man, I slipped. I relapsed. I'm back at square one. I need help. that That's what you do. That, that's what you do. And I've seen, I've seen
0: people do that, and I can see them just get lifted.
2: Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's crazy. you can see visually, visually see Absolutely. the
0: change in their countenance
2: just the way, by they saying talk, those the words. way they talk about their relapse yeah. the the power that the relapse has yeah. over them the incomprehensible demoralization gone i've seen it gone so quickly just cuz mm-hmm. they come in and by the get end on. of their share literally yeah. they start off honest. with
1: like shaking like, you know hands
0: crying and then by the end they're like but i know what i need to do you know what i mean and and they're, they're like back. they're talking
2: about and their own back. solution
0: so, so I have a w- uh, an awkward question like being an addict, when you hear someone relapsing and coming back, does that romanticize anything in you? Like, no. hey, maybe I could,
1: oh, maybe I could survive. That's the part.
2: <laughs> yeah, I always heard in, in AA, uh, this old timer would say, he would say when people relapse, he'd say, you're like uh, the scouts in the military. You know, you go out, you tell me what it's like, you come back, you're beaten up, you're scratched up, you're wounded, whatever, and you're like, damn, like, I'm glad I'm not that guy.
0: It but sounds
1: harsh, but it's like, dude. No, that,
2: that's yeah. that, that's what I'm saying. It comes well, back to life. But that's, and death. that's what
0: I've shared too. Is like, I've always I've been like the I got my 47 year chip today. <laughs> 47 yeah. year, never been high or anything. <laughs> There's um, rage. You got your relapse planned out. Okay, you <laughs> <here. laughs> you your first time. Out. Um, but we we I romantic like I romanticized like, oh, if I wasn't Mormon, if I wasn't wow. this, I did I miss out anything? Because you never it. I never experienced it. But over the last four years, I'm like I've been missing. Like Nothing. I've I've solidified that where I'm like, I'm so stoked I had never did that. Absolutely. Um, but I can say five years ago, I probably wouldn't be as like solid on that now. So I don't think, I do believe that it doesn't romanticize it from my own experience. Break heart. I
1: mean, in the beginning when I was new because I was new. This was the only experience I had. When um, like I remember the first person that relapsed that I like actually saw come into the meeting. Get sometimes four or five six months or years ago and then relapse and then come and that demoralization the crying oh, the yeah. like the self the things they you say about yourself you know what i mean you just can't help it you just think your dog and do you, know you what? see
0: do you play that that uh well what i remember you, thinking you relapse out in your mind you're like i don't want to have well, i just control. remember thinking i was just like you can
1: feel their real shame this is not shame this is like they believe that. They believe the adversary at that point. Yeah. They believe there's they believe they're nothing. They believe they're a scumbag. That's
2: the, that's you don't ever hear those terms. Incomprehensible demoralization. Have you ever once heard that outside of recovery? No. It's no. not saying it's, no. it's it's not. literally because it's the it's the form of shame that Beak. isn't that isn't, oh man, I let my parents down. It's literally and the guy who Jay I think he's talking about from the meeting, when he would when he came back in, he said, You see that that spot on the carpet, I feel less than that spot. I feel like I should be stepped on, I'm worthless. That's that feeling after a relapse of just, like, you literally feel uh, it's incomprehensible. And and I've
0: been corrected because I I was talking to someone with uh, sexual addiction, and I said, you know, like, drug addiction, you can die from it. And, you know, pornography addiction... Uh, you no, know, like, people are dying, and he looked me straight in the eye, he's like, you better believe they do, because of that incomprehensible.
2: Absolutely. He's like,
0: I know too many people that have committed suicide.
2: Absolutely.
1: Well, um, and, I mean, we talked about today, Xana brought up in the meeting, too, it was about the spiritual death that takes place, Yeah. and then usually can lead to, I mean, most sex addicts, yeah, in fact, most sex addicts are are end up becoming drug addicts. Like alcoholics. when I
2: find out a sex addict is like in a bad place in their disease, and they didn't turn to drugs or alcohol kind of to amazing. try and shocking, it. it, it's shocking because it's, it's like part of it. It's like it's like most ha- alcoholics and addicts because it. It, when you're a sex addict or like gambling or any of this stuff. Once the act's over, you got to feel, right? Yeah. With drugs and alcohol, at least you get, like, you get a hours or a whatever hours a day. of not... Because
0: it's so empty after.
2: Yeah, because usually drug addicts and alcoholics, they're also committing sex acts that they're not happy with. Yeah. But then it's just, just more... Them. They're feeling more numbness is the thing. Right, yeah, so.
1: yeah Where like, a sex addict that's truly just a sex addict without a drug that's, like...
2: Oh man, it blows my mind. That's
1: that's gnarly to feel that type of pain, you know, because you're feeling you're it constantly, like said,
2: living with it. Like
1: with drugs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was part mm-hmm. of me. Like when I would make mistakes, uh, when I first joined the church, obviously not being raised in the church, it's very easy to, uh, you know, to be to be celibate, you know, when you're when you're single and before marriage and stuff. That was a that was a concept I I got it and understand it logically when the missionaries taught it to me and whatnot or whatever, or when I learned about an institute or bishop. Or mis- but to actually put it into place after living my whole entire life to that point, probably 10 years at that point, the exact opposite, and even younger than that, fantasizing about living outside of, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, dude, one of my biggest challenges is, is to, you know, at that time specifically, too, was to, to to implement it. And it was hard. And so when I would, I, I realized when I did my inventory step, this is getting personal, but um, with a sponsor 20 years later, or I mean, 15 years later, that, that, like Xander was saying, certain actions that I had done that were sexual sins, or certain things that I had done with um, when I was trying really hard to live the gospel, were shame that I built on. That later, when the drugs did come into play, helped me numb those pains. you know, numb, numb those feelings and stuff like that. So. Um, it all ends up fueling it's itself. Now, if
2: you're a sex addict and you're only a sex addict right now. We're and not trying not to do, say you're cool. Don't, don't, we're not, not going to yeah, on the don't, back. And don't, don't go do drugs and alcohol. Though. No, That's we're not trying to say, say. it's going to make it
1: worse, <laughs> what I'm trying to say, because it ends up fueling. Now you got two addictions, three addictions. And like Xander said, it's like saying you're an addict and an alcoholic is like saying you're a German Shepherd dog, right? Someone said that to you, and it makes yeah. sense, you know? And I remember when Xander and I first went and did like our first 12-step call. Remember in the beginning of this, we were talking about yeah. in the news section about two people going to a, um, to a 12-step call. Um, we went and tried to help this, like, 20-something-year-old kid, right, a while ago, and he was a heroin addict, and um, Xander looked him straight in the eyes and was just like, dude, hey, we had been talking to this kid for an hour, and he was kind of walking his way around what we were trying to deliver for yeah. him, even though he was in had a place where he's going to die. Up, yeah. yep. We had him all teed up to go to rehab and all stuff. And I'll never forget, right before we left, Xander looked him right in the eyes, and he goes, hey, man, you can say whatever you want and, like, do whatever you want, but I'm just going to let you know, me and him, and he pointed to me, He's like, we're going to go home to our wives and our job, and we're going to, like, sleep really good tonight. Like, I promise you that. Like, we're, we're going to be sober because of what we've done in our life. There's no, you know, your story, you said something like that where it was just very blunt. Like, if you go, if you keep using, you're not going to affect me. That's what I got it from. It's yeah, like, yeah. this is your choice, man.
2: Listen, man, I think a lot of times in recovery, people, you know, and it, we're a spiritual program, but addicts and alcoholics need to be talked to boldly. Mm-hmm. They need to be talked to boldly, straight talk. real talk, talk, real talk, because, talk because nobody can BS like us. And so, when you when you have an addict or alcoholic who you know has literally been in your shoes or a similar pair, very similar, and they're telling you straight to your face, you you you, you have to hear it because there's no way yeah. to there's no way to, to not hear
0: it. that. That's why. That power of having a sponsor, or someone in recovery, be that and not it's not the only not a normie. It's the only way it works. The There's job. no way a normie's ever
1: gonna talk to a kid or a loved one and say, yeah. "Hey, you gotta stop doing this and do this." Yeah. I promise you, just
2: it's It's almost like science. It doesn't matter like you're like if you're the
1: stake president, bishop, maybe even the prophet or apostle, because we promise you right now, like you may be able to direct them in spiritual things, but there is no <laughs> way that another a non-addict is gonna help. A true addict, like to get sober and walk through. You've never been there,
0: How so I'm going to close through? with two sayings from AA. Rarely have we seen a person fail who we has
2: thoroughly followed our path.
0: Boom. Okay, what does that follow that path? What the is twelve the path? steps? So what, go to meetings, get a sponsor. Do mm-hmm. the do, do well. Do the, I mean,
2: yes, yes, but 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 go to meetings, and get a sponsor, isn't going to work. What else? You got to do the twelve steps. Okay. And you got to, I mean, you 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 got to dive, make this program like I shared in the meeting tonight. We put a lot of energy and effort into our using or our acting out. Yeah, I you that. need to put equally, if not more, effort into your recovery.
1: I love that saying. And then lastly, you know, wait, real quick on that, you know, yeah. it was in the big book. You know, the original publication it tell us did what it not is. say rarely, it said never. 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 Yeah. But you got to think about it. You say, well, no, that's not true. I've had someone do the steps and they relapse. Well, what are the maintenance steps? Like, you see what I'm saying? there's oh, a, yeah. Of course, there's always something. There's I told this to a sponsor this morning or today. It was like, there's no, there's no pre, everything's premeditated,
0: right? Yep. The last thing uh, is from NA. So that was AA, NA, basic bit text. So it's like the NA big book. We have learned from our group experience that those who keep coming to our meetings regularly stay clean. Yeah. you believe that?
2: I've almost You've seen, seen people in ARP like catch sobriety, literally, mm. where they come in. And like, I mean, I would even put Jay under this category. And maybe, maybe you can correct me and say I'm wrong. But Jay came in, he came in once a freaking week to a meeting. He didn't get into the steps right away.
1: Justified for weeks.
2: Yeah, but he he did come every single week. And sooner or later, he got yelled at enough times by somebody in the meeting telling him to do the steps that Jay, like, Jay kind of caught the thing and, and rolled with it. So just keep coming back.
0: I took a note here two years ago where a brother came here, in here and he said, I carried an ARP book for eight years. Carried it around for eight years.
2: Before he opened it,
0: finally there was a meeting in our stake here. I decided to go to a meeting, and then he got honest and got sobriety and says, "Now I've never been happier and free." That was his quote.
1: Eight years walking around with a book, but hadn't, I hadn't read it yet. Had, had no. No. <laughs> Not yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. D- d- but that's how so, we all you, you and right? I came and spake cre- in that ward, spoke
0: in the and he showed up and did the steps and. Uh, that blew my mind. I had to write it down here. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, so recovery is real. Thank you, Xander. Relaps Thank you, Jay. Happened, Rel- you got to get on us. Get over it. I love Jay. Or I love what Xander. You said it doesn't need to be a part of your story. Doesn't you need to be part
2: of story, but, but if, if, it, is. But so if it, it is, don't let it. is, don't let it keep you down because that's that that's uh, it's part the, of our story. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: yeah. what Xander was saying. It's
1: a part of his story. So. Part. Everyone who usually has a long term success it was a part of their story at one yeah. point in life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Get to a meeting. Get honest. Get Call your sponsor. Sh- Call your sponsor right now. Right now. Right now. You wait Kay. another day, man. It has control over you. And while you're at it, if you like the podcast, go ahead and give a shout out on your social media or email your friends and let's let's build this audience a little bigger. We thank you. We know the world need you. Good night. Oh